You're listening to Here for Good, an academic podcast from leading researchers at Avondale University College. Welcome to Avondale's Here for Good research series. Today, Pastor Glenn Townend, Chancellor of Avondale University College and President of the South Pacific Division of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, speaks with guest Dr. Kale Duval about his new book, Hearing the Way. Enjoy today's podcast. I've got uh, Dr. Kale Duval, and I've also got his brand new book, Hearing the Way, What the First Christians Heard in the Story of Jesus. So, Kale, tell us a little bit about why you decided to write this particular book. Glenn, it's nice to be with you and with our listeners as well. Look, I have the great privilege of reading and studying and reflecting on God's Word. And uh, in my study, I discovered this notion of way. I thought, my, oh my, it's a very simple word. But as I looked in the book of Isaiah, and then as I looked in the Gospels, I discovered that this, this phrase, or this word rather, kept recurring. And as I explored, I discovered some fascinating new insights on how the early Christians heard this notion of way and connected it to the life, death, resurrection, in fact, all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, I guess even in John's gospel, Jesus says that he is the way. But uh, what's the central idea of this way? And I guess the early Christians were also called the way. That's true. That's true. So I picked it up first in the gospel of Mark. And in Mark, you notice uh, he quotes Isaiah 40 verse 3. I then discovered that the other gospel writers also quote Isaiah 40 verse 3. And in fact, it's an Australian scholar, Ricky Watts, who did some really good work on the notion of way in the gospel of Mark. And so as I explored this idea, I discovered that in Mark, for example, it's a literary technique where the disciples are walking on an actual road, but the term is used symbolically to point to Jesus traveling toward Jerusalem, where he will die, where he'll be resurrected. So each of the gospel writers has a slightly different take on this notion of way. You've already referenced, of course, John 14, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So it's, it's, it focuses on Jesus, what he means to us as Messiah, what he means to us as coming king, and it's nuanced in each of the, uh, each of the Gospels. Mm-hmm. So the background you, you said came from Isaiah. What was Isaiah reflecting on and what's the depth of the background in the Old Testament? That's a good question. In Isaiah, it's the Babylonian captivity. And so there in Isaiah 43, for example, God says, I'm going to do something new and dynamic and powerful. And in that historical context, Glenn, as you'd be aware, Isaiah 45 refers to Cyrus. So in its historical context, the way refers to Cyrus. However, prophetically, it points forward to Jesus Christ. One of the things I do say is that Jesus, in fact, will be a new Cyrus, The historical Cyrus set the people free from Babylonian captivity. The new Cyrus, Jesus Christ, will set people free from sin, from Satan, and from death. Wow. So, yeah, there's some some really good parallels. Any other background or major themes of this way in, in connection with the Old Testament pointing forward to Jesus? Well, you know, if we explore it even further, it's not just Isaiah that has this notion of way. You'd be amazed. I hope you stay in your seat. It's also the book of Exodus 
that refers to this notion of way. And so really the Bible writers are, are picking up on this theme, God leading his people out of Egyptian captivity, first off, then out of Babylonian captivity, second off. All of this, of course, pointing forward historically over millennia to the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. So I see this notion of way as God giving a very simple idea, his people walking on a road, walking on a way, and he takes that idea and fills it with rich spiritual, prophetic, and theological meaning. And so in a sense, you're saying that Jesus is leading us out of captivity, uh, slavery, whatever, to complete freedom and all that Jesus offers. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And so for the early Christians, it was certainly that reality. And for us today, in terms of our own um, you know, journey in life, it is Jesus Christ who leads us along the way. And yes, you know, the beautiful thing, Glenn, is the disciples fell. They made mistakes. You know, they were grumbling about, um, about the ministry of Jesus. They were competing for the top positions. But what's fascinating is along the way, Jesus never quit on them. Jesus never threw in the towel on any of them. And in fact, he said to them, what were you guys arguing about along the way? But the really cool thing is that he stayed with them. Yeah, and he stays with us on on the way. Well said. Yeah. Okay, so when you're doing this kind of study, what are some of the principles that guide you as you study and then write on Scripture? Glenn, Jesus Christ is front and center. You know, in Luke 24, he said to uh, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, hey, what are you guys studying? Don't you know that all of Scripture points to me? So for me, it's about studying Scripture and uh, finding the, the nuances and the intricacies within the text that point to the richness of Jesus Christ as our Messiah. In the language of Paul, pointing to, you know, the indescribable beauty of who Jesus is. So Jesus is front and center. And then I guess there, there's a nice term, and I'll share it with you, called intertextuality. And it simply means how texts intersect and interact with each other. And so that's about how the Old Testament and the New Testament merge, how they connect, and how in so doing, there's a richness and a beauty that emerges. And of course, it centers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's something pretty cool for me. I enjoy seeing how the two testaments interact with each other, and then how Jesus emerges uh, in, that, in that picture. You're listening to Here for Good, a podcast from leading researchers at Avondale University College. So you've done all of this study, you've written it, but what part of the book or what part of the research really spoke to you? Thanks for that question. Uh, one of the things that really impacted me was looking at Jesus in Mark's gospel as a new Cyrus. And then in my study, I came to uh, Revelation 16 verse 12. And Revelation 16 verse 12 also references the way. And in this context, it has the Old Testament background of Isaiah 45 and the story of Cyrus. And for the first time, it actually dawned on me that the Gospel of Mark opens with Jesus as a new Cyrus. Revelation ends with Jesus as a new Cyrus. So for me, that was I really hadn't seen that before. And uh, I mean, that was one among many thoughts that, uh, that really impacted me and blessed me. Mm. Yeah, for me, that's a new insight and I'm going to go and away and, and look at it. 
but you've written the, the whole book. What do you hope it accomplishes? I really hope, Glenn, that it would inspire people to dig deep into God's Word. There's a beautiful section there where I reflect on Psalm 119. And the statement goes, as a Christ follower, I will, underline, and then the Bible. And then as I go through Psalm 119, there's words like savor, study, memorize, love, experience. There's like a page of stuff there that all centers on the centrality of our experiencing the Bible for ourselves. And I really hope that readers uh, reflect on that, on that psalm. And then, of course, uh, Luke eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, Blessed are those that hear and obey my word. You know, uh, Romans 14, where Jesus says, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I really hope that the book will inspire people to dig into God's word, to reflect on God's word, to experience God's word, to pray God's word, to love God's word. That's really my hope. And part of that hope is designing a growing hearing community section where I encourage people uh, using, in fact, Peter Runfeld's uh, discovery Bible reading questions to dig into the text, to reflect on the text, and then experience that wonderful transformation. Those two disciples on the road, you know, didn't our hearts burn within us? How I would love if readers could have that same encounter with Jesus and their hearts burn as the Spirit reveals new insight and new uh, windows and vistas on Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Wow, Kyle. Um, I've read the first chapter and that's it. But uh, you're exciting me to to read more. And uh, I've got my copy here and I'd love for you to sign it. Would you Would you do that? I'd be happy to do that, Lynn. Thank, I'd be, thank I'd be you. Happy, I'd be happy to do that. So, Kyle, uh, where can people get Hearing the Way? Glenn, it's available um, on Amazon. It's also available at the ABC, your local ABC store, as well as online. Adventist Book Centre? That's correct. That's Mm -hmm. correct. And it's also available on Kindle. What's nice about the Kindle version, it's uh, it's more affordable. And of course, you have it on your device. So those are a couple of options to uh, where you can purchase the book. Well, I hope people do purchase a copy and that by reading it, they get excited about Jesus and that the scripture burns within them. Well said. Thank you. We've been listening to uh, Dr. Kale Deval, and Kale has uh, shared about his new book, Hearing the Way, what the first Christians thought about uh, the way in regard to Jesus. And uh, thank you, Kale. It's been a real pleasure to hear your research. And uh, I hope plenty of people get that excited about Jesus and the Word and that your book helps them in that direction. Thank you, Glenn. You've been listening to another Here for Good podcast, brought to you by the Scripture, Spirituality and Society Research Centre at Avondale University College. Audio production by Connor Ballas and Dale Willis. For more information, you can find us online at avondale.edu.au. Thank you.